You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Pride of Detroit POD cast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, and it's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park, and each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions and the POD cast, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced, all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. For our listeners, we have a special offer for you. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout. Get you 15% off your order. That's POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. PrideofDetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us live right now on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit and youtube.com slash at pride of Detroit. It's where you find us. It's where you find our work all season long. We've been busy in the kitchen, keeping you up with lions news all year long. We keep doing it all the time. Here we are. It is the middle of the week. We're recording this on a Wednesday. We had our post game podcast over the weekend after Lions Vikings, where we recap the season itself. And this one is a bit of a special one. We got first bite coming tomorrow, uh, tomorrow from wherever you you hear whenever you hear this. And but we want a special look ahead to the playoffs POD cast with the main trio. And of course, I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter. As always, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit on Lion. Jeremy, we are coming to you and preparing to preview this on a very um, decades happen in a in a year, in a day kind of day with some of the coaching news that's happened in both NFL and the college ranks now. But uh, our focus for this podcast is on Lions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even locally. Today was both Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff press conference day. So there's plenty of narratives and stories to write about all that sort of stuff. So it's been a chaotic Wednesday, but I am looking forward to being on the other end of it. I'm looking forward to this so we can talk about actual football. And uh, man, it's going to be a pretty special next, uh, you know, four or five days here. Already the area of Michigan kind of flying a bit high considering other football news around here. But again, or this is the Detroit Lions podcast. Ryan Matthews Black is the rock guy. at Ryan underscore POD coming to us live from uh, his his uh, evil layer of teaching. And uh, educate education for the children. How's it going, Ryan? Uh, it's going well, you know, educated them children today and, and hopefully we'll we'll educate all of you. 
on this podcast. Yeah. We're going to tell you about a game that is more than just two quarterbacks talking about their former teams. That's for sure. Uh, you were the one who wrote the rundown for this, Ryan. And I feel like coming to you to kick us off because we've been thinking about how to really preview it. We talked about Lions Rams a little bit on Sunday when we recorded the post game POD cast and looking ahead to this, we wanted to try to take this from, from specific angles about the Detroit Lions, about the season so far, and give you some information and our thoughts that might differ from first bite. So how is this? How how, how are we structuring this right now, Ryan? Well, I, I mean, I think we're going to stack uh, two segments here. And in, in the first segment, we're going to talk about, you know, the, the, the task at hand, right? Um, we're going to talk about Lions, Rams, the Sunday night. Um, mm, Sunday and, and night. Yeah, don't worry. I'm, I'm saving that for the last possible moment. Um, <laughs> when you least expect it, you'll get... You'll get Carrie Underwood. Um, I can't wait. But you know, let, I think this first segment, um, and be forewarned, Jeremy ordered these in in terms of how they'll appear. So I, I think in true Jeremy fashion, we we wet blanket it in this first segment. We're going to talk about uh, why the Lions could lose um, and, and, and some adages to that as well. Uh, what, what it would mean for this season as a whole, looking back, and, and what would it mean for this team moving forward? if the Lions can't pull off a, a win on Sunday night. So I don't know. Can I pass this to Jeremy and say, let's start with why the Lions could lose on sure. Sunday night against the Rams? Yeah. And, and to be clear, this is all about like breaking our audience down and then building them back up, you know? Oh, yeah. Ending we'll, on a positive we'll get, in, we'll get them in the second segment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We thought, we, are, we had them in the yeah. first half. Not going to lie. We're negging them. Oh, We're negging oh, them. <laughs> I got my swagger back. Okay. Um, but yeah, let, let's talk like as you put it, which I think is a good way to put it, the, the challenge at hand, the 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 parts of this matchup that don't look particularly great on paper, if you will. Um, the reasons why th- this could very well be a Lions loss. You know, they're only what, three, three point favorites, three and a half point favorites, whatever it is at this point in time. It, it opened um, at like five and went right down to three and a half. Right. Too, yeah. So. And I think like a significant amount of money is on the Rams. And to me, it's it's about the second half turnaround for them like that is the, the the primary reason why the Rams look like the team that they are is that out of that buy they are a completely different team and it's not just Matthew Stafford finally like getting in tune with his young receivers and things like that it's just about every aspect of their game has gotten better the run game has been dramatically better they have not rushed for under 100 yards since the bye week whereas they did it like six times in the first eight games their pass the run defense has also had a dramatic turnaround, which is something that's relevant to this matchup because the Lions are going to want to run the ball. They've been f- fantastic down the stretch. And then, of course, there is the passing off on passing offense, which is the biggest uh, hurdle here in this matchup because the Lions have obviously struggled so much against the pass. And I, I want because I, I want to get ahead of one narrative here a little bit, and that's that, well, they haven't played anybody in the second half of the season there. And there's some truth to that, right? There's the seven and one. They don't have the, a, a real marquee win amongst that group, except for maybe the Browns. And and I know there's some asterisks in that game if you want to throw them. But to me, the pass offense in the second half of the season has gone up against some good defenses. And I know, again, Browns game is, is not the most is, is not the best example because they didn't have Miles Garrett in that game. If I'm if I'm correct there, Ryan. Um, it's given me a nod. Yeah, yes. that was also, I think, um, the first game where they suited Joe Flacco as quarterback in um, 
in Cleveland as well. So did you want but, to but throw in that terms in of, Yeah, in terms of their pass offense, like against the Browns, 110 mm-hmm. pass rating where the Browns are normally giving up a 74. The Ravens are normally giving up a 74.6 pass rating, 103.1 for the Rams in that game. The Saints, maybe you don't think of the Saints as a good pass defense, 79.7 pass rating allowed for the season. Stafford and company went 120.7 against them. So they went against some good defenses and blew them up. And the Lions don't have a good pass defense. And so that's the primary concern. But really, it's just the fact that something, some, some flip switched out of that uh, by week, and they've been playing as a top 10 football team since. There is a couple names to point to that in that regard. You want to talk about the run game. Kyron Williams, who I know missed a little bit of time middle of the season from his injury on IR, him coming back and still playing at this level, at this Pro Bowl level. You start there with a threat that the that the Rams present on the ground. Now, for the Detroit Lions, I... Well, we'll talk we'll talk about it on their side about their run defense. But then the other name comes in being Puka Nakua. Now, this is a secondary for the Lions that has been, as you say, run through the ringer on top receiving threats, be it Justin Jefferson or CeeDee Lamb. And now you've not you've got Puka Nakua. And then at the same time, you have to also be very careful about Mr. Cooper Cup on the other side of that, who lets like no and no slouch there whatsoever. Whatsoever. So the threat there being completely vertical, the Rams having the play action opened up to them. Everything's there. And we'll like I, I don't I don't think as much about their defense, but I think everyone on paper, the first blush of this is is like, yeah, this could be a high score. This could be a high scoring affair, Ryan. But if I think these two teams do get into a shootout, I do feel like the edge goes towards the Los Angeles Rams. Now, how could it not with that kind of talent? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that sits at the forefront of everybody's mind in terms of how the the Lions will be able to stop the, the you know, the Rams passing offense um, and, you know, bring up Kyron Williams, who's having a Pro Bowl season. And, you know, for the first time, Matthew Stafford has had a run game um, added to his arsenal. I mean, even if you look at, you know, 2021, when the Rams went on their Super Bowl run, I mean, not much of a it's funny how that team doesn't really resemble the team that they have now, right? Like 2021 was a defensive team. They were a juggernaut uh, on the defensive side of the ball in 20 uh, in 2020 and 2021. Um, But, you know, this team is, it's almost kind of eerily reminiscent of, I would say the offense kind of gives me 2014 lions vibes in the sense that like you have a, you have a big name guy. I mean, you don't have a, you don't have a Megatron so to speak. Right. But you have Cooper cup. Um, you have Puka Nakua, who's kind of like golden Tate, you know what I mean? And then there, there's, there's more of a run game though. Right. Like, I mean, Reggie yeah. Bush had a nice little year in 2014, but it wasn't anything, you know, Kyron Williams in, in terms of a runner is much different, but I'm just, it, it, it feels like it kind of gives me that vibe of like the Rams have this offense that can push the ball down the field. And, and Jeremy, you know, you talk about the, the Rams, maybe not having a quote unquote marquee win. They have a marquee loss. That loss to the Ravens is probably one of the best games on the schedule, right? Because you talk about what the Rams have been able to do offensively this year. They put 31 points on a Baltimore Ravens defense that gave up 30 points just twice all year. 
Yeah. Um, and, and the other time it, it was in a, it was in a wacky wild game against the Browns, um, which it, Ravens fans probably don't want to remember, but this Rams Rams offense is for real. Right. And, and I think all roads come back to this game being a shootout. I mean, the, it, it feels like with the total, you know, uh, I think it's hovering around like 51 and a half right now. You get the sense that it's going to be one of those games where who's going to blink first, who's going to turn over the ball first and who's going to capitalize on, on a mistake. And maybe, maybe tough to count on mistakes from, from an offense that seems to just be firing on all, on all cylinders. If we can bring in a little bit of car talk in 2024. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's also worth noting the style of this offense, right. And, and, some of the maybe similar offenses that the Lions have faced this season because it comes from that Shanahan tree. So you're talking about, um, you know, really in the division, you got a couple teams, right? The, the Packers and the and the Vikings both have head coaches that that kind of branch out from that tree. And how have the Lions faced against those passing attacks recently? Not particularly great, you know, 350 passing net passing yards from the Vikings last week, 373 from two weeks ago. The Packers put up 260 and 125.5 passer rating. So it's tricky. And the, the, the trickiest part about that is at the time, Packers didn't have much of a run game. The Vikings still don't have much of a run game. The Rams do. The Rams can be that one team that can be very, very balanced if the Lions aren't careful and, and, and able to stop the run. And. I mean, the Lions, we, we know the Lions run defense has been phenomenal all year. Hmm. It wasn't great last week, but blips happen. That's fine. Um, there, there's no necessary room for panic yet. But I don't like if I'm looking at this line schedule and I'm looking at every single game they've played this year. I don't know if there's they've faced an offense this good. Maybe the Ravens, but we can't really compare the Ravens because they had a mobile quarterback like that's that's the Lions kryptonite. That's the, I mean. Maybe that's one of the positives we talk about next segment. But like this to me is one of the best offenses they're going to face all season, if not the best. And that should be a pretty darn big concern. The other thing that's uh, one more thing in there, too, and maybe we haven't talked about it like I. The Los Angeles Rams offensive line over the last four weeks, of the regular season where they've really been uh, clicking have just their starting five has surrendered just 25 quarterback pressures and ranked second in pass blocking efficiency. And we know for the Lions, what they want to do on defense is pass rush, rush what they can, and try to be opportunistic on turnover. And I think we talked about this, Ryan, in the postgame show, too, that the Rams present several issues in that your blitzing probably isn't going to like phase. You're not going to be able to really disguise a lot of your blitz packages against someone like Matthew Stafford, who is a veteran quarterback. And at the same time, that line is playing well enough right now that Russian four or five probably isn't going to get you're going to uh, you're going to have to really beat those those guys to get that job done. So it, it presents several particular particular challenges when looking at trying to figure out where do you start to really picky part the Rams offense. I have some thoughts on that, but we'll get to that in the next one too. And ultimately, I mean, even on, even on defense, looking at the lions so far this year, there's been, especially in the last few, few weeks, Ryan, like there's been moments where the lions offense has 
you know, they, they've picked it back up, I think, in the last couple of games. But you don't need like there's been times where you, we've had this offense stall out. And that remains a problem. It does. Yeah. And it, it's I, I think everybody is um, I think everybody is well within their right to think about the month of November. Um and it, it was a month to forget, especially for Jared Goff, right? Like it was it was turnover season, you know, nine turnovers in, in a four game stretch there. Um, and it felt like that was the only way that this offense is capable of failing. And I, I think that's kind of bore itself out over the course of, uh, you know, 18 weeks in this NFL season. I think this offense, the only way that it beats it, the only way this offense gets beat is if it gets beat itself. And that's going to be. Here's the thing with the Rams, right? Is that they aren't a blitz heavy team. They don't blitz a lot. And they have one, one, one big name, right? That everybody wants to circle and say, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald could wreck this game. And it's not only just Aaron Donald. They have a couple of rookies that people probably didn't take too much notice of over the course of the season. This defensive line is 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 no joke. And their ability to generate pressure, especially from the interior, I think that's the that's the key to to beating the Detroit Lions is if you can get pressure up the middle and you have to move Jared Goff off his spot and you have to take him out of structure we've seen what that that's led to. And and I think that's kind of the takeaway, Jeremy, for me is you look at the month of football where Jared Goff struggled the most and it was pressure and it was getting to him. The one thing that he did prove is, Hey, you can throw Brian Flores's blitz, happy defense at me. You can, you can try to blitz me all you want. You know, Vance Joseph and, and the Denver Broncos. I'll pick it apart, right? I'll pick the blitz apart but I don't think either of those teams could really get a lot of pressure up the middle. Yeah. Not just Aaron Donald, but like you, you mentioned the rookies, Kobe Turner has nine sacks to lead that Rams offense right now. Yeah. It's like what and, pick 89. Yeah. And Jeremy, the, the thing is, I think about the Packers game, right? I think about the Packers and what they're able to do up the middle with guys like Kenny Clark yeah. and um, you know, even, it's pressure in general, though, right, Jeremy? It's it's not just the interior stuff. It's if you can get Jared Goff quick off the edge. I mean, yeah, that, that's a problem, too. But there's just something about Jared Goff comfortable in the pocket. I mean, with, with no pressure, 24 touchdowns and three interceptions. That's awesome stuff. Under pressure, six touchdowns, nine interceptions, a handful of fumbles. Yeah, no question. And, and, and interior pressure... For any quarterback is is the toughest to deal with. There's nowhere to go. Um, mm-hmm. Stafford isn't a guy that likes to roll out to his left or his right or do his spin move or whatever. Um, and and so yeah, that's. I mean, this is a very huge game for the interior offensive line. And if if we're being quite honest with ourselves, they haven't been playing at their best as of late. Jonah Jackson has been an issue as of late. Graham is is coming off a, a set of not so great games. Now Frank is a is a tank, like as, as steady as they come, and and should provide a, at least a little bit. Of, of confidence there. But again, you are going up against Aaron Donald and he has made mortals out of, out of people who have seemed immortal before. So yeah, that is a, a huge concern. No question. And, um, you know, it has an ability to be a game wrecker, right? Um, 
We we saw a little bit of it against the Cowboys semi recently, who were able to not only get to Jared Goff and make him uncomfortable sometimes, but they were also able to get a lot of negative plays in the Lions run game, which is what really stalled that offense for large a large portion of that game. Um, I do want to go back to the Lions defense versus the the Rams offense a little bit because um to me it's it's not even so much about the Rams offensive line starting to turn things around, which they are. To me, it's it's about Matthew Stafford and his ability to get rid of the ball quickly. That is what they do. Um, they have speedy receivers who can get open quickly, who can get a lot of yards after the catch, who can break tackles. Matthew Stafford, in terms of time to throw, is sixth fastest in the league behind Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Simeon, Joe Burrow, Mac Jones. So in terms of like actual starting quarterbacks, he's basically the fourth fastest. Um, that's that that's key. Like that that means. That's by design, like you said, though, too. Yes, 100%. Like, he is not getting it because he's under pressure a lot. That's not how it's working. It's They're getting the ball out quick to their playmakers because they have playmakers in open space. And so it's not only on, you know, the lines to somehow generate pressure in an absolute hurry, which they can with blitzing. They, they've done it before. Um, they, they see That certainly seems to be baked in their equation. But, um, you know, their secondary, their, their, their second level of the defense is going to have to be tackling um, – way better than maybe they have recently. They, they've been good this year. They've been a lot better than in previous years, but guys like, you know, Kirby Joseph has not been a good tackler this year at all. Um, Jack Campbell has been hit or miss. Those guys are going to have to be on their absolute best to make sure that these, you know, one, two yard passes don't turn into 15, 20 yard gains. So now that we have completely killed the, uh, the youth, the, uh, what, what am the boards I'm looking for? The, uh, the euphoria. I was going, I'm trying to think the, the enthusiasm, enthusiasms of our listeners here completely, just absolutely just murdered it into the ground, like an Aaron Donald sack. Uh, what would it mean then? I think is the question because so much has been placed upon this very idea that the goalpost is the lions have to win a playoff game. No ifs, ands, or buts have to win a playoff game or else bam, disappointment, bad season, bad season, bad season. Doesn't mean that you won 12 games, bad season. That is the vibe that's been thrown out there by a lot of people. And I've talked before about how that can become kind of unfair, given the matchup, distilling a 17 game season down to one game. But I want to hear from you guys, because what would it mean for this season and moving forward if the Lions do lose in their first game that they have hosted in Ford Field in history and the first playoff game they've hosted in Ford Field? I mean, in Detroit in 30 years. Like what what would it mean for this season to end the season with a wild card round playoff loss? Put a lot of money on the Lions to win their first regular season game because Dan Campbell doesn't lose back to back games. That is true. That is true. Does that mean the worst thing out there? Does that mean the worst thing that they've done is uh, win that? Well, they would have lost back to back. Never mind. I don't. that, you know they're going to bad do, math. The schedule makers are just going to make it Lions Rams week one again because the, <laughs> because the Rams do come to Detroit next year. So there you go. Revenge Perfect. will happen week one. That's what it means. Guaranteed for sure. <laughs> um, but Jeremy, what what does it mean for you? Is somebody who I'm going to keep doing this. Somebody who predicted a 12 and five football season from the Detroit Lions. Like in context. Yeah, it's the second tied for the best season in franchise history. You know, the 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 best regular season record in franchise history, only the second time that they've won 12 football games. 
if they lose on Sunday, does that all just dry up and, and go with the wind? <laughs> no, and, and I, we talked about this a little bit on the midweek mailbag, and and I won't get too far back into it and say everything that I said before. I, I want you guys to to share your thoughts, but my my overall thoughts are you have to see, you have to look at the big picture here. You can't segment se- seasons like it means anything because the trajectory of this team is up. It remains up. It doesn't matter if they lose this game. It remains up. They went from three wins to nine wins to twelve wins. The do I think the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl this year? No. Do I think a playoff loss knocks them off the course to eventually get there? No. And that's all that matters. That all everything and 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 people don't want to hear this. And I understand it's it's accepting mediocrity and, and everything that happens this line season is is a bonus from now. They they accomplished the goal that most of us thought they were going to get. And that and let's be clear, that's where the bar was. That's kind of where the floor of the season was. Because I think some people are are kind of revisionist history saying like this this is the ceiling of what I thought the Lions could. No, everyone thought they were going to win the NFC North, both here and, and nationally, right? That was the expectation of this team. Great, you did it. You hit your benchmark of improvement each year so far. That's why, to me, everything from here on out is gravy. Did I predict them to win a playoff game? Yes. Would it be disappointing in the moment if they don't do that? Of course, it's a home playoff game. It's the first one in 30-some years. Of course, that's going to be a disappointment in the moment, but it's not going to make me lose the the bigger picture here of the Lions are still on a great trajectory. They're still one of the youngest teams in football. They're in a great spot in terms of their salary cap. They've got a bunch of pro bowlers who are young and will be part of this team for a very long time. So yeah, it's going to suck in the moment, but it's not going to knock this team's trajectory off at all. And that's the thing that's most important because I think this team is going to have a wide open window for a very long time where they are going to have even better teams than the one that they have this year and eventually knock on a Super Bowl. The only thing that'll be a disappointment to me is that they've caught a lot of breaks this year. They, they caught the division on a bad year. They haven't been a very injured football team. And so there is maybe more of an opportunity now than maybe there will be in the future. But again, this team is going to be very, very good for a very long time. And so they can't, you can't look at the division and be like, oh, it's going to get better. I'm scared. Teams are going to be looking at the Lions like they're the team to fear because they should be. I share a similar view on Jeremy, but there is a few corollaries to that. Number one, it's not just that the division will improve. I think that is the stumbling block for the Detroit Lions. It's that very likely this offseason they will lose one, if not both, of their coordinators to head coaching jobs. I know Lions fans do not think very highly of Aaron Glenn. You are in the minority. The rest of the league thinks highly of Aaron Glenn. Like They, they, they have seen... What Aaron Glenn has done on this defense, and you might not like giving up the 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 long passes and everything. They think he's a very good defensive mind, and they like they it's he has gotten as many interview requests as Ben Johnson right now, and that is going to continue to remain the case. And if the Lions have to replace one, if not both, their coordinators, it will re- represent a stumbling block going into next year. It's hard to win in this league. As Jeremy said, the Lions were lucky on injuries up until pretty much up until Sam Laporta in the in the Minnesota game. They were very lucky on on their injuries and how they managed a lot of that. They had some breaks. Every team does. It's hard to post multiple years where there are double digit wins. I think the Lions will be back here, but the Lions have also indicated for you that this is the long haul. This isn't just about what they do next year to build on. And it's going to be what's going to be for years to come to build on it. I think right now, if the Lions lose this game, 
I think you also have to give credit to the other side. You can't go out there and say that, wow, the Rams are the hottest team. Nobody wants to play the Rams. Nobody wants to play the Rams. And then say the Lions season is a disappointment when they lose to said Rams. This is a veteran squad that the Los Angeles Rams are. And I'm not doing apologia for any kind of impeding loss. But at some point, there is another team on that other side. And you have to give due diligence, due credit where it is due. It is a tough matchup for the Detroit Lions. It's at home. Doesn't matter. The Rams play very well on the road. Uh, it's it, it's a this is what the playoffs are like. This is what the playoffs are like. You can't ask for a guarantee for anything. And I think it takes nothing away from this team this year. Absolutely nothing away. I think this team so far this year has been a success because it's come a long way, a long way from playing behind the sticks, from losing seasons to everything. They showed you a preview with an incomplete roster because there's a lot of repairs still to be done on the defense of what they could do, of what they could do while healthy. And I think that is just a sign of great things to come. And I don't I, I see this continually as a as a building project and not as something like this is the win now window. Yeah, I don't, it, it doesn't feel like that to me either, Chris. And the one constant is that. Yeah, coordinators may may go, you know, Aaron Glenn may get a job. Ben Johnson may get a job. Mike Disner might, you know, go be a GM somewhere. Dan Campbell's still in Detroit. And this team hasn't changed, right? Like earlier today, I was, you know, doing some research in terms of, you know, fourth down rates and and, and how often the Lions have been going for fourth down. And that just feels so emblematic of like what this franchise is moving forward is like they're, they're, they're at their core. They're the same team that they were in 2021 that they are now in 2023. They just have more horses. And Dan Campbell said that. And you know what? Lions have, as Jeremy said, they got cap space. They got free agent or they, they have draft picks that they can utilize to their advantage to go get more horses. And it feels like this team is just a couple of horses away. Like it, it feels like there may be an outside cornerback away, another edge rusher away. Um, you know, may, maybe, you know, a fresh year where Jameson Williams doesn't have to deal with an injury in training camp and, and a gambling suspension. There's like so much reason for optimism for next year for the Lions that it, it's not going, you know, the, the, I think that there's just a lot of stories recently of of teams who have kind of, you know, they've they've peaked. And then, the, I mean, look at the Rams, right? 2021, they win the Super Bowl in 2022. What happened, Jeremy? 31st and adjusted games lost. Injuries, injuries, injuries. And it's like, oh, man, the Rams are awful. And I mean, the Rams like were predicted to win. I think like I think they're over under this year with six and a half wins. This is how it works in the NFL. You have highs, you have lows to the best to even the best franchises out there. And do you know who doesn't prescribe to highs and lows? Mr. Dan. Steady as a mouse, Campbell. And a gambler, too, apparently. (laughs) All right. So um, I see we have people on the live chats uh, screaming bloody hell at us because uh, they missed the part where he said this is all the negative. So next, coming up next on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, we're going to tell you about why the Lions are going to run the Rams out of Ford Field. And you won't have to hear about Kelly Stafford or Matthew Stafford or 
and or what some guys were making. Detroit Rams shirts are now insistent on Jersey bands or any other kind of Bush League bull. We're doing none of that. We're giving you hard, honest to God, X's and O's and grit coming up next. But first, speaking of grit, speaking about hard meat, Ryan, we have plenty of that still to sell here in 2024. No. Go ahead and sell it, Chris. Okay. Would you like to sell it sometime or am I just, I'm alone here. Jeremy? Um, I I lost focus when you said hard meat. Pride of Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the hard meat that fuels your Detroit Lions. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Hey, Ryan, you know what we've got? I, I found actually I was going through an old bag and I found like three packs of the uh, foul Capone. So guess how I'm fueling up for this game? I mean, it, there is no set amount of turkey jerky, according to, you know, doctors, you know, serving sizes. You can just eat as much turkey jerky as you want. So you that kind of like stumbled. Fact. You stumbled. Up, yeah. Um, you stumbled upon a gold mine, though. I did. I did, considering they are still like, hopefully, if you're reading, if you're listening to this, they have the Fal Capone back in stock. I know we keep checking because it is their most popular one. They also have, what is it? Uh, what's that Korean barbecue one again called? Oh, Soul, uh, Survivor. Soul Survivor. So good. So good. There's so many good flavors, unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein. So that means, do the math for me, Ryan, you're uh, um teacher. Uh, I'm assuming 16 grams of protein in the Fal Capone times three. Carry the uh, carry the two. 48. 40. Thank you. I was giving the answer. I was just making way so people could see my English degree and not my math one. (laughs) Well, you probably still have to teach math regardless. I don't think that's how school works. It's not. The only boy math that I prescribe to is buying jerky with my numbers. If it's good enough for the Detroit Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. So here you go. RighteousFelon.com, promo code POD15 at checkout, and you get 15% off your order. Jeremy, what's that mean? What's 15%? What's that mean? How much are you paying? 15% less. 85%. Yes. Thank you. POD15, RighteousFelon.com. Get some meat. Get ready for it. We'll be right back on the Friday Detroit POD cast. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Uh, if the first 20 minutes did not chase you away, congratulations, because we're about to lighten your step and we're going to tell you all the reasons why we believe the Detroit Lions will win on Sunday night against the Los Angeles Rams, proving all the doubters wrong, proving all the hype about the Rams, just that a bubble, a bubble to be burst. And every last narrative, including, you know, who sent packing and what would happen afterwards from that. So, uh, Ryan, since this is your your conception, why will the Lions win on Sunday? Like what, what, what you look at these rosters and you think the lions can win because of what? Uh, it's the astronaut meme. It's the offense. It, it always has been. And it feels like the lions can, can win a game at Ford field because their offense can get them over the finish line point blank period. I mean, there's a lot to discuss with that, but uh, at a baseline that that's where I'm at, Jeremy, like, I feel so comfortable and confident in the Lions offense to perform. And especially against a Rams defense that isn't quite up to snuff as and not nearly as elite as I think people have this kind of lasting image of them being. Yeah. And and listen, like the, the offense is very infrequently less let this team down over the past year and a half. It, it's carried the team um, when they do struggle. It does tend to affect the overall team, but. If you look at when this team has struggled as of recently offensively, hasn't it hasn't been necessarily against the good defenses. It hasn't necessarily been it, it's just kind of been random, it almost seems like at times. And you know, the fact that they've played some of their best football down this stretch gives me a lot of confidence in them. The fact that Minnesota's complex blitzing did not rattle them gives me confidence the fact that they were able to hang with Dallas Cowboys and string together a game winning drive in Dallas gives me confidence. The fact that a Broncos team that was tr- like we were a lot of the same things that are being said about the, the Los Angeles Rams were said were being said about the Denver Broncos four weeks ago, trending in the right direction, coming out of the bye one, six out of the last seven lines absolutely obliterated them in prime time at home. And so you look at, and and if you want to throw some numbers in it, if you want to throw some trends into it, Rams passing defense, you know how I said everything has been trending in the right direction for this Rams team out of the bye week. The one exception to that is Rams pass defense, which has not been trending in the right direction, which did allow Tyrod Taylor to put up 300, almost 300 yards of offense against them. That did allow Derek Carr to put up 300 yards of offense against them. They have not been facing necessarily a murderer's row of passing attacks, and they've been getting gashed. And so this is a very good matchup for the Lions passing attack. And we know that while they like to run the ball a lot, they're very, very capable of throwing the ball. And that that is with or without Sam Laporta, because that's kind of the one factor we haven't even talked about this week yet um, is, is his kind of unknown status here. They got playmakers everywhere else. They were pretty fine in the second half of that ball game against Minnesota without Sam Laporta. They got explosive plays. 
from from his replacement, James Mitchell. They got an explosive play from Amon Ross St. Brown. They're going to have JMO back. They're going to have enough weapons where, yeah, it'll suck if Sam Laporta doesn't play in this game, but this team has managed plenty of times without one of those options, right? They, they, they've played a game with, uh, without Amon Ra this year. They were fine. Mm-hmm. I think they blew up the, the Panthers in that game. They've played games without Jameer Gibbs, without David Montgomery. They've been fine. And so I'm, I'm with you. Like I have so much confidence in this offense. It doesn't matter who they're going up against, what individuals they have on that side of the ball. And to be quite honest, the Rams don't have that many individuals. They have two really good defensive tackles that are playing at a very, very high level. And who else? Who else on that defense are you scared of? I feel like if you can get to ball the Amon Ross St. Brown, disrespect of the Pro Bowl snub aside, he's going to keep picking up yak on that. It's going to be hard for people to, it's going to be hard for the Rams to really take him down. I look at this matchup and ultimately, if I'm looking for a positive as a Lions fan, and it's a big one, I believe very clearly in who have you eaten? What are you eating? The Lions to end this season went up against a Viking squad with a defense that was trying to find itself and a very, you know, explosive, explosive offense. You know, you've had to settle down now with two or three weeks, Jordan Addison and and Justin Jefferson. And oh, yeah, by the way, sandwiched in there was CD was a guy named CD Lamb. You know, you've you've had to you've had a, a tough slate of teams that have played you very, very tough. And you're coming into this fairly well battle tested against teams who are really giving it your all. By comparison, the Los Angeles Rams, we can talk about how they've done, but you kind of mentioned it on who's been putting up the yards against them, Jeremy. Playing the Saints, playing the Giants, who were one of two plays away from beating them, playing the Commanders, playing the putting your backups in against the backups of the 49ers who are resting more than you did. I feel like Detroit is the team that has been playing the tougher road, has been playing the higher level of competition. And I feel like, you know, when you talk about going week to week, it's not the dreaded M word, but I don't know how else to describe it. It's it is a sense of, you know, you've been playing on a higher difficulty level. And you're 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 ready for it. I feel like this team is. It's a young team that has not been to a playoff before, but they've been playing in these playoff atmosphere games already. You know, taking on the Vikings, who are playing for their playoff lives, uh, taking on and crushing the Broncos, who were very hot coming into that game. You know, the Broncos felt like they had their season turned around before it collapsed. And you went on the road and took it to a Cowboys team that was hanging 40 points on everyone at home and was a debacle away from beating them. Like the Lions have proven to you that they are ready for the playoffs and they, they have most of all a real home field advantage with how Ford field, how loud Ford field will be. And I feel like you factor in all of those plus what you're talking about. And I think there's a lot of reasons to feel good about the Lions playing at home on prime time, which not counting the Cowboys game, Dan Campbell has a phenomenal record on. Everything's kind of lined up that way. And I want to I want to talk about the defense a little bit, because obviously that's where most Lions fans anxiety lie, right? Yeah, sure. Matthew Stafford, you got this passing attack that that's admittedly torching up good defenses right now. The Lions are starting to find themselves on defense. I know maybe it doesn't feel like that when Justin Jefferson is going for a buck 70 every time they face him or CeeDee Lamb is doing 
200 against this defense. But they're finding themselves. They're finding ways to get off the field. And that's how you win defensively. You'd love to be one of these defenses that can hold teams to under 200 yards passing and under 50 yards rushing. But those are few and far between in today's NFL. If you can find ways to get off the field on defense, that's enough. And that's certainly enough for a team that that is so good offensively. And you just look at the past four weeks, man. They're getting that the sacks are way up, the pressures are way up, the interceptions are way up. And let's not forget that Minnesota has a very good offensive line. I know they they were missing the right tackle last week and, and a guard. Let's not forget that Dallas has a really good offensive line and a really good quarterback. The Broncos were starting to figure things out offensively. The Lions took it to them. And yes, again, they're going to get torched for some big plays. That's that's fine. It happens. The Lions are going to get their own on offense as well. But if you can find ways to get off the field and and make Matthew Stafford uncomfortable, which they can, even if he gets the ball out quick, that's good news. And guess what? Ali McNeil's back, and he's going to play more than 30% of the snaps like he did last week. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is back, and he's probably going to play more than he did last week. Maybe, just maybe, probably not, but maybe James Houston comes back and gives you a little bit of push in your pass rush. Everything's coming together where the defense is starting to play well even before two of your best defensive players are back in the lineup, and now they are back in the lineup. And so there should be an expectation that this defense is going to get off the field. They will. It's not... It's not going to be pretty 100% of the time. You are going to see big plays from Matthew Stafford. You're probably going to see an 80-yard drive or two. But the Lions are going to get off the field. And if they can get off the field, then the offense has a chance to win this ballgame. And and I think one of the understated things about the pass rush too, Ryan, is like, you know, for even for the time it's not getting home, we, we've, we've seen Aiden Hutchinson going around. Whatever they do, like, you know, they make the pocket uncomfortable for a lot of quarterbacks. And I, I think that's, you know, that's kind of hard when you play quarterbacks who then can, you know, move around the pocket, but that's another element to it. And I mean, man, like you just get a few of those sacks home to what Jeremy say, says, you put a team in down and distance, it gives you a good chance to get off the field in any scenario. Yeah, it does. And and I think that that's working to the Lions' favor. I think something else too, that I think is really interesting about the Lions' defense is how much tape is out there of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Afatu Melifanu, and Kirby Joseph all on the field at the same time? Or Brian Branch. I mean, how, how much how much tape is there out there of these, these Lions, you know, as a defense healthy? Like, there's week one, there's part of week two, and there's whatever you can glean from, from last week, right? And I think that there's just something to be said there when you have guys like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who can be used as a blitzer, and Afatu Melifanwu, who has shown that he can provide some pass rush, and Brian Branch can get in there and mix it up. Um, so I like I like how Detroit can maybe throw some things to at least rattle the cage of Matthew Stafford, right? Because I I know going into this game that there is, there, there's such a small chance of completely shutting him and the Rams passing offense down, right? But the thing that I can be confident in is I think that I think that the Lions can absolutely stuff the run against this Rams team. I feel very confident in that. Like when I'm looking at the Rams schedule, like did they have to play a team that was in the top three and run defense? Niners, that's it. 
and they lost to them in the, in the one game they played their starters. All right, yeah, and you know when they played another good you know run defense, they lost to Baltimore, and, and they're seventh in in the NFL. Like I, I just think that that changes things. It changes the calculus. Like if if yeah. if we can say, oh, you know Matthew Stafford with a rushing attack. Look at how the Rams' offense has been lighting, you know, opposing defenses on fire. If you make a team more one-dimensional, I'm not saying that that's the key to stopping Matthew Stafford, but it makes life harder. I think that the Lions' yeah. defense, ultimately, at the end of the day, they can do enough to make life hard for Matthew Stafford. And I and for for all of us who watch 12 years of Matthew Stafford, he's not infallible. There is a gunslinger to him, right? Yeah. And and he will give you a turnover at some point if you are in the right position position to take it. Uh, yeah, right. Like I, I think that there's just such an opportunity for a turnover. There's there's an opportunity for a turnover with Jared Goff too, right? But I just think that if you are putting Stafford on this pedestal in terms of he's coming back and it's 400 yards and it's Puka Nakua and it's Cooper Cup and it's Kyron Williams and it's hold on to your butts, I think you're underestimating the Lions' defense. And I know that there's all this reason to be worried about the Lions defense, Jeremy, but I do think that you're underestimating who they can be. And let's let's look at some of the Rams losses this season. First one against the 49ers. They rushed for 89 yards in that game for 4.0 good carry. Bengals game next week, 71 rushing yards. Eagles a couple weeks later, 54 rushing yards, 3.9 a carry. Yeah, hey, also that that Bengals game, 28th in run defense DVOA. Now, that was a long time ago. That was week 3. Sure. So they've they've certainly changed a little bit, but Packers right around the midpoint, right before their their bye week. We know they don't stop the run. They don't. They had 68 rushing yards in that game for 2.6 a carry. The following week, the first one out of the bye, they win this game, but they only had 82 yards rushing, 3.0 yards per carry. The only game and then they that they have won or that they have lost, which they ran significantly well, was against the Ravens. They had a 20, 128 rushing yards, 4.3 yards per carry. But it might surprise you to learn that the Ravens are allowing 4.5 yards per carry per season or per game. So you shut down the Rams rushing attack. You have a pretty darn good chance of winning this football game. And we know the Lions are capable of shutting down good rushing attacks. Not over a, not over the past month, no. not over the past, not over the past 10 games, not, not on a stretch all season. We're talking, we're talking about over a year and a half's worth of data that yeah. says the lions will not let you run the football. And I here here's another sneaky name for, for the game guys. I'm going to do it. Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell has played so much better yeah. since the bye week. Absolutely. And he is one of the better run defenders in the NFL right now. Like, I, th- they're going to make the Rams a little one-dimensional. And Jeremy just told you why. If that happens. You, you, give your chan- you give yourself a chance to get off the field. That's the most important. You get into third downs. And I know this team hasn't been great on third downs. I know they've been bad on, on third and longs. But it's but one get play a to change it. It's That's one where, play. It's where Sometimes, you want to be. Right. Nine Sometimes, times out of ten. Sometimes Stafford is going to miss a pass. Like we 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 all look at those plays and say, well, if you would have thrown it well, then we would have been screwed. That's the whole point. You want to get yourself in a position where one mistake from them screws them. And the Lions are capable of doing it. They've been capable of it all season. Opportunistic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Control the line of scrimmage. 
make them make mistakes in down and distance, pass rush. They have a formula for it. They do. Let's talk about assuming all of this goes that that way, then who would you want your next opponent to be? And I think we're, we might be universal because I, I don't know, like anything could really be shaped up considering the reseeding and everything. But who do you want the Lions to play next? I mean, to me, there is such a perfect scenario out there that if it happens, I am looking at flights to San Francisco for the NFC championship game. Because if the if the Packers beat the Cowboys, which I think is very much a distinct possibility, that means the Packers are heading to San Francisco first. And that mm-hmm. opens up the opportunity for the Lions to have a second home playoff game. And that second home playoff game will be against the two worst, one of the two worst teams in the playoffs, which is either a Bucks team that the Lions took it to in Tampa or an Eagles team in free fall. I will take either of those teams gladly with a smile on my face, and I will predict that predict the lines to win by at least two scores. That's how confident I feel in those two games, those two opponents compared to this week, which I think is much like a much big, bigger challenge. I think the Cowboys are obviously a, a toss up game. Obviously, the I, I think that this game against the, the Rams is a toss up game. I think a game is against the Packers would be a toss up game. I think the Lions beat the Eagles. I think the Lions beat the Buccaneers by at least two scores in Ford Field. So as I'm not I'm not going to say GPG, but I'm going to say choke Cowboys choke. I think of those two you lay out, assuming we, we, we want the Packers to beat the Cowboys and then between the two Eagles and Bucks. It's hard to go wrong with either one. Like you don't I mean, there's always a, a risk in playing a team twice in a year. But these Buccaneers down the stretch, yes, they they put up like, what was it? Five of their last five of the last six were wins, but it was all against. Like it was what Panthers, Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Packers, Jaguars, like that's not a murderer's row of it. And while they put things together, they still looked particularly shaky. That final game against the Panthers, only nine points, no touchdowns. And yet on the other side, I could see the Eagles losing to them because the Eagles are just that broken. And assuming the Eagles, though, beat them, that's not a hard bar for the Eagles to clear. I think of the two, though, I'd like to probably play the Buccaneers just because you don't have to worry about any kind of run from Baker Mayfield like you would from Jalen Hurts and the offensive line with with the Eagles. But. Yeah, you're right. Once once you take away this this the NFC playoffs have kind of started to feel top heavy again. And the Rams, and the Lions both belong in that top heavy part. There's a precipitous drop off between 49ers, Lions and Rams and probably Cowboys. I'm 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 fans of two other teams this weekend. The Packers and the <sighs> Eagles. I want Matt Patricia and Ford Field so <laughs> freaking bad. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't even consider that. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean though? Like that feels like something I want much more than even retribution from a few weekends ago back <laughs> at Jerry's World. You know what I mean? Like there there's years built into that. It's not just, yeah. you know, it's not fresh. You know, it's not. And again, like Cowboy stuff, 
whatever. Like it's the playoffs. It's an it, it it's not regular season football anymore. It's postseason football, and it's one week at a time. And if by the fate of the gods, guys, are you kidding me? Matt Patricia takes over a defense of a team that went to the Super Bowl last season. Mid-season, because they're trying to get things figured out. What do they do? They go hire the rocket scientist to come fix their defense. And he's got safeties playing outside linebacker on the goal line against Saquon Barkley. You notice Darius Slay hasn't come back at all while uh, Patricia's (laughs) coordinating? If there's any team I want to walk into Ford Field, I want it to be the (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles. I'm, I'm with you, but I will say... I need it, Jeremy. I listen. Matt Patricia is still enemy number one for me. Public enemy number one, like oh, more so than like he put such a dent on this franchise. And I, I know maybe by now we should be like, well, it eventually led to Dan Campbell, and maybe we should just be happy about that and not look back. No, I get that. But those were two and a half miserable years where we saw some of our favorite players get quote unquote lionized and leave this place. And and they, they still love Detroit, but man, they hated Matt Patricia. I know, man. Robert Ayers. <laughs> um, I guess but, I guess. The, oh, yeah. Really quick. But you have made me visualize one of the worst possible images I could ever think of. And that is Matt Patricia going Jim Schwartz carried out on his shoulders in Ford Field. And I hate the, you for it. No, it won't happen. It won't. Jordan, <laughs> like, Jordan Davis can't squat. You, you, un, you understand, even if they even if they win over, the, even if the Eagles somehow won over the Lions, like Eagles fans still probably at any point, if they lose, they'll still be ready to just do horrible things to Matt Patricia. Like the nothing there, the, the Eagles fans are at the point where nothing will please them. But can I can I say this, too? And I know I might be tempting faith a little bit, even if the Cowboys win over the Packers. I'm not scared of going to Dallas again. I mean, well, it's definitely the toughest matchup, but you already proved you could hang with them at AT&T Stadium. You already proved that, like, you could take a fight to them in their own building. And how many more games are we going to get without Mike McCarthy deciding that he just doesn't know what time is? And I, I think that that's just a football game, too, Chris, where, I mean, look back at it. The Lions did not have a good game offensively. You know what I mean? Like, right. Their offense, the best part of their team left so much on the field. And I mean, as as Brandon from from Pride of Detroit mentioned, like if, you know, if we're we're one Derek Barnes, you know, John Cena shoulder block attempt away from that game, just being wildly different. And yeah. there's there's a lot of me that. I feel like the ceiling for this football team. Right. And and we talked about expectations. uh and then the field goal post moving in the first segment, we talked about if the Lions lose this game, what does that make this season? Well, if the Lions win this football game against the Los Angeles Rams, I'm with Jeremy in the sense that I'm punching a ticket to San Francisco. Oh, regardless of, of what happens. It doesn't matter. Like, I think that this football team is better than every other football team in this NFC bracket than the San Francisco 49ers. Those that's the only team that strikes any fear into me as a Lions fan. I think that's the ceiling now. I think the ceiling, right? If the ceiling for this season was at one point, and here's the distinction we need to make. 
The ceiling for the regular season was winning the division. They met that. Yeah. I think that I think the ceiling for the playoffs is a game against the 49ers in the NFC championship game. I, I will say this. I, I'm not quite there. I, I I think a Cowboys game is, is still like a 50 50 split, which is, I mean, that's great. Like if you can go on the road in the divisional round and have a 50 50 chance to make the conference championship, you must be a pretty darn good team. And I'll also say this. I think that Cowboys game was such a valuable learning experience for this team, not just in the like learning how to take a gut punch and, and bouncing back and not letting the refs take control of the game next time and, and doing, you know, taking care of business before that, blah, 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 but going up against a defense like that, which is something they hadn't done all season and defense with that's that fast that has such, I mean, that's one of the things that Dan Campbell said after the game It's like that speed was something we weren't prepared for. We hadn't seen before. Now we have. The only other game, Jeremy, was the Ravens game, and the right. Lions got boat raced. So that was the concern, right? If they faced yep. another fast defense that's going to get after Jared Goff and this, that, and the other thing, they might be toast. They went into the, they went in there, Chris, and they were a two point conversion away from winning. Like, well, they did. That's win. why they were they were a, they were a ref cock up away from winning. Sure, that's why everything though <laughs> in that game, the the thing that mattered was that they went toe to toe, and it came down to one possession on the goal line. Yes. I think this all comes back to, and we can sum this up very succinctly. It feels like the first step in the playoffs for the Detroit Lions is the toughest. Yeah, right. Yes, that that's a really good way of putting it. Because if they can get past this, suddenly it feels like anything is is within yep. the realm. Anything's of possible. Yes. <laughs> how? But guys, how much of that though? And I think that's the concern about the Rams game. How much of that is thirty years? Versus how much of that is the Rams, right? It's hard to parse through that, but it yeah. feels like the reason why this first one is going to be the toughest one is because it's been three decades in the making, right? And I think that's why when I think people, when they're moving the field goal post, like we talked about in the first segment, if that playoff win doesn't happen, then you're just, it to them, it feels like you're, you're pushing back. A, now it's 31 years. Now it's 30. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's fine because I think this team will stick around for a long time to come in that regard. Oh, I thought you meant just like um, in this calendar year, like they're going to stick around until February. Your words. Your words. And with those words, we leave you on the Pride Detroit POD cast. Uh, mailbag came out already. We will have first bite coming up soon after this podcast. Keep an eye out for that. We've got it loaded this week. Uh, we'll try to get you some post game content, win or lose after the wild card game on Sunday night. And sky's the limit from there. Go Lions. Go Loins. And we'll see you star side. Pride to Detroit POD cast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, and it's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park, and each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions and the POD cast, it's going to be good enough for you, too. 
Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. For our listeners, we have a special offer for you. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout. Get you 15% off your order. That's POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.